Craft Beer Radio, episode 458, on March 17th, 2018. I don't want to grow up, I'm a Toys R Us kid. There's a million toys at Toys R Us that I could play with. Welcome to Craft Beer Radio, all you Toys R Us fans. It's a loss. It's a major loss. <laughs> I thought, you know, since we've been talking about songs in the other key, major mm-hmm. key, minor key, and then Heather found this on Facebook today, and it's like a memorial for Toys R Us. Mm-hmm. I'm like, that's a pretty, pretty good one to play for the intro. Yeah, for those who don't know, Toys R Us is closing all of its stores. I guess they've been hurting for like five years now, yeah. so. All right. I think, you know, what it came down to was that backwards R. <laughs> uh <laughs> Jeff, we're, we're doing beers that we got from all over the country in our various visits, right? Uh, some of yeah. these are from Ohio. Some of these are from Philly. Some one of these is two of these is from Seattle. Uh, one is uh, John, I think, right? Yep, John, John sent one of them. Yep. But we're gonna start with one I got in Philly, uh, which I believe they're in New Jersey. Actually, they are Cherry Hill. Uh, Forgotten Boardwalk Brewing Company. What the Butler saw. It's a undressed wit with spices. This it doesn't. I looked for a variant because there are a bunch of variants. It doesn't okay. look like this is a variant version. Yeah, no, this looks like the regular one. Five percent alcohol by volume, eighteen IBU, wheat and yeast with uh, spice and citrus. This is all they're giving me, really. It's a little hazy, not too hazy. Maybe a little mix. We're going to do the what do you what do you call it? Um, it's too, the, the, the bottle D stratifier. No, <laughs> mixy mix or something uh, like that. Oh, no, the mixy mix. <laughs> you, you always like blendy blend. The blendy blend. blend. That's it. All right. So this one seems like a pretty straightforward classic. Wit beer, you know, it doesn't seem too crazy. On the nose, you're getting a little bit of of um, wheat, like wheat and some breadiness. There's a little bit of coriander or some kind of spice on the nose. It's not really that strong that it's standing out too far. And um, like the citrus peel or whatever may be in it uh, is also kind of restrained on the nose, but maybe a hint of it. I do like kind of how the wheat has that um, almost, how do I want to describe it? It has kind of almost like a sourdough type, a little bit tang to it. But, you know, sourdough might make you think that it's funky or something, but it's kind yeah. of just the wheat tang. It's just, or it's, it's just, reminding it, it, me of like a really like, you know, crispy thick crust on an Italian bread or something like that. I think it feels to me a little cold. Uh, to be getting all the flavors that you could possibly get out of it. So I'm warming it up just a bit before trying it. I'm um, just looking at the the can while I'm doing that. So it's a white can with a purple... Um, it's not ink, right? It's actually a purple can with like white over it or, or however they do that. Um, the... The... Uh, was it? The line for the brewery is Curious Ales and Tall Tales, which is kind of nice. And then it's a... The, there's a cat with three eyes. Mm-hmm. 
flavor is interesting. The flavor for me, it's a little woody, a little more woody than I would have expected. Mm. It's yeah. um yeah, very very dry. The kind it doesn't have that like coriander bump at the end you'd expect from like a more classic version of a wit beer. It feels almost like it has rye in it. Yeah, it does. You're right. That's kind of explaining that spicy, tangy thing I was smelling. Mm-hmm. It kind of explains that woodiness that I was tasting. I think that it does seem like there was rye. I don't see that. You know, they don't give me much in the way of description here, mm-hmm. but um, they don't mention it. But that's what it tastes like. Yeah, it's a good call. It's a real good call. It makes. It makes sense to me. It helps me understand mm-hmm. the beer better. Like it does that that thing I was tasting is woody. Doesn't taste so tree like anymore, right. right? It helps definitely focus the beer for me. Yeah, that's the thing we've talked about it before, but it's all when you when we do blind tastings and stuff like that, it's hard to find your footing because you don't know where what you're looking at. And so without that without that way of looking at something it can change the way you interpret a beer or, or whatever altogether if you just get a better way of of understanding what's happening that's why blind tasting is just so difficult it's fun but yeah we're, we're not good at it you have to be really sure of yourself you have to have like what perfect beer pitch perfect taste <laughs> yeah pretty much you know even when you're doing blind judging you still know a category, mm-hmm. so you still have these mild markers you're looking for to see how it conforms. And, you know, when we're doing these blind tastings, we don't even know what we're having. You know, we're kind of stretching blind. So the one time we did extract, we stretched blind to the literal, yeah. right, where we were blindfolded. But then when we do these blind beers where they could be any beer in the country, more or less, that's a completely different kind of blind than than a judging scenario mm-hmm. would be. Right, yeah, that that's we make it harder on ourselves, but if, you know, that's the fun of it. And even if we did our wide open greenfield blind and someone told us the style that either the brewer says it is or beer advocate says it is, you know, some of those really aren't Yeah, that's the thing. Super... Style is is at this point it's such a it's such a it, all the styles now have such wide uh, areas they cover that yeah. I I don't feel like you can just you can pin styles down. It's almost like Peter Burkhardt's dream. Uh, yeah, but you know something <laughs> almost it's almost are... realized, isn't it? Um, sometimes though, you know, you're trying to pigeonhole a beer that the style might not really be that thoughtfully applied to the mm-hmm. beer, right? Especially if we're getting it off a of beer advocate. You know, so it may or may not be what the brewer actually listed. That and at be... the same time, you get things like, um, uh, Spotted Cow, which yeah. Nuclearis insists is a farmhouse. I think of it more as a really interesting cream ale, but, you know, so <laughs> does it matter? It doesn't matter. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm almost done with this, uh, what the butler saw. Mm-hmm. And after you said rye, it made a lot more sense. Yeah, not my favorite kind of wit. Is uh, wit with 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 that sort of rye? Um, if anything, worse rye taste. Yeah. Um, it, it, but that's it. If you're looking for a wit beer, this is not very close to what you're looking right. for. 
and really the spice in the, the you know the so here it says spices but you said there was orange peel or something added to it or well um it, they say in in the details taste wheat and yeast with tantalizing spice and citrus finish oh just to finish yeah not so much yeah and it could have been like an orange oil type thing yeah maybe all right do you want to go yeah let's go to one of this the hoppier ones because we have a brown ale in here we have a saison so let's just do yeah let's do masthead yeah so this is one of the beers i picked up at vintage estates they're from cleveland six point eight percent alcohol by volume 70 ibu this they say is the culmination of hundreds of recipe iterations over the last six years Sounds like from their description, they're going for a phase three. Okay. Comes in a pounder can. I have not had any beers from Masthead Brewing Company, so I'm looking forward to this. I like they the aroma. In Cleveland on Superior Avenue. This is a darker uh, gold. You know, approaching bronze, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a rich gold, relatively clear. It's not a haze boy. Big multi hoppy nose on it. Let's see if we can decipher the code here. Um, I see an independent logo. Yep. They're using the logo. I think it. Have we had 126 days in in 2018? Uh, let's see. So it says one twenty. It says zero one two six one eight. That should be like real close to now, wouldn't it? Or no? Uh, no, we've had less than. We're on day seventy four. Yeah. Okay. So that's not what the code means. Hmm. Uh, well, from... Maybe that's when it expires? That'd be weird. If it... If it was brewed 126 days after the year, then it would be... No, I think this is saying that it's January 26, 2018. Oh. <laughs> yes, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to do the complicated date coding. Yeah. I'm not even drunk yet. Alright, so this is about two months old, month and a half old. So the aroma, it has kind of a light citrus to it, but it's kind of blended in with, you know, a big malt. So I'm thinking like an uh, orange scone or orange cake or something like that is kind of the ballpark where I'm landing on the yeah, aroma. it feels like it's a lot of of malt depth. Mm-hmm. Has um, kind of a pithy, a little more bitter orange type flavor to it. Um, yeah, it's it, it's straining a little bit because 
the malt is there, but it's not quite overcoming the bitterness that it, that is being mm-hmm. put out. So yeah, and then it turns and it gets like it's considerably more like a grapefruit, where it's mm-hmm. you know um, a little more acidic. And the malt's in there, and the malt's kind of playing a balancing role, but it is could be stronger. Yeah, could be sweeter. I think to to oh, to to balance out some of the more bitter stuff that's coming from the hops. Uh, they said on here aromas of grapefruit, passion fruit, but I'm not really getting um, much in the way of very tropical. It feels more phase two ish to me, where it's still you know citrusy, sure, but there there's a a dank resiny bit to it that uh, that is still. I, I would give it a light bitter. bit of pineapple or something like that, but I wouldn't get much more. I wouldn't get into any of those melony, meaty, tropical right. type flavors. Right. definitely in citrus hill mm-hmm. um not bad at all not though like the the kind of, of ipa that i super enjoy even from a phase two perspective because i think it's a little too bitter i just took a quick pull on it and actually i liked it, it got more clementine it got like a sweet orange the bitterness wasn't as parent so this might be one to kind of throw back. Mm. That quicker sip was definitely more appealing. At seven percent or six point eight, it's it's hard to to just throw back something like this. It's hard to throw back four of them, right? <laughs> that that's what I mean. I mean, if you're at the bar and you're throwing this back, mm-hmm. uh, you be prepared. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, so the last couple of sips I've taken is much more casually than show analysis mode. Mm-hmm. And I like how the beer, it doesn't give it time for the bitterness to dig in. And right. It, and the, it tastes more like a clementine, one of those, you know, sweeter oranges. And I'm digging it a lot more with a, a much more casual sip. Yeah, pair this with a salty snack, some salted peanuts mm-hmm. or something like that. This would go pretty well. Um, I'm not sure that it would go with spicy things so much. Everyone keeps talking about this is my big complaint. If everyone says okay. spicy and IPA go together, and I don't get it. Just don't see it. I think there's times that it does. Um, I don't, not, not really prepared to speak about it. I haven't thought about it in a while. Um, speak yeah, I will. Um, blah, 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 stuff, the things. Hmm. Anyway, anyway. Not feeling it right now, but there has been times where I've had Thai or Indian and just, I don't know, it just seems to go good with a, an IPA. As we said, Masshead is out of Cleveland. It's a label on a big can, so it's a not like, you know, it's one of those mm-hmm. five-by-night canneries. <laughs> there, there's a question about the big steel tariff thing and how that's going to affect an aluminum tariff and how that's going to affect cans for, for beer. Yeah. Uh, we'll see if it actually gets like, yeah, enacted right. and whatnot. Well, no, the president can actually just enact tariffs on his own. Well, he's only talked about it. He hasn't like actually done I the I thought plan. he has, but I'm not sure. Okay. Dead um, air? Quiet things? Well, Stop. you know, we don't have much to say about that. We don't like to get into the politics yeah. of it anyway. I'm just looking at these other... St- the other stuff here and seeing uh, what we got. Going where to go next, for example. 
Yeah, my head's uh, been down in work this week, so I'm not even sure if there's any good beer news to, to speak of or anything. Haven't been on Twitter much. Let me go to, to the beer subreddit of Reddit there you go. and see what's showing up on the beer subreddit. This will be a new segment. <laughs> the beer the beer subreddit segment. Which beer is hazier? Smutty Nose's bank sells the craft brewery to a New Hampshire VC firm. We really should prep this segment instead of just doing it live, I think. (laughs) The founder of Stillwater is opening a sole ale-focused side project in Brooklyn. Climate change is affecting the taste and cost of beer. These are all just, I'm reading headlines. Mm-hmm. Belgian bars are punishing tourists who steal beer glasses. Don't steal beer glasses. Buy the Spielglau glasses. They're going to be better anyway. Yes. All right. This segment is a, we got to prep this segment. Yeah. So let's uh, get that beer out of your glass so we can move on. All right. Or cue up the commercial, one or the other. Commercial's always cued, man. Always ready. What are we pouring? We're pouring the beer from John. This is uh, Holy Mountain. One of the breweries like right down the street from his house. And everything we've had from Holy Mountain so far has been pretty outstanding. Yeah, thanks, John. Lesser Ritual. This is a Pilsner, 4.8% alcohol by volume. And yeah, not much information available about it. But wow, look at look at how dark this is for a pilsner. Check out that label. That could get some people up in arms about yeah, inappropriate imagery. A, <laughs> it's some you know. It's a it's a, a naked woman in profile, which is you can't see you know, any of your naughty bits clearly because they're being protected by arms and legs and stuff like that then there's like a pentagram and there's an altar that she's bowing to and there's i mean it's like yeah it's it's a it's it's it reminds me of the satanic panic from from the 80s <laughs> it reminds me of the last time heather was at the beer distributor buying a case of even more jesus uh-huh. and the guy behind her like made a point to make a scene of the name of the beer uh-huh. and saying that uh you know, you can't get even more Jesus, Jesus in a beer can. Well, it wasn't that. It you was can like only get it. It's like I can't believe they made that beer. You know, I'm gonna. He said something about you know, I don't know if it was going to the brewery or boycott, but something about their physical premises. And you know, if Heather was like on the ball, she should have said they're a gypsy brewer, man. They don't have a brewery. <laughs> well, she said, "Hey, good luck with that." <laughs> <laughs> The guy made a big scene, and then he asked the cashier, "Don't you think that's in, like inappropriate?" And the cashier's like, "Dude, yeah, it's one of those your, situations. Take your course light and go." It's one of the situations. <laughs> it's one of the situations where you, you, you come up with a better response, like, yeah, ten minutes, twenty minutes later. I was really, you know, it reminds me of, of the time when when the guy pulled me over, well, the guy pulled me over, or, or came up to me after. Um, he thought I had cut him off. 
mm-hmm. and I did the jacket skit, and that was because that was I was ready for that. I had like planned <laughs> in my mind if that were ever to happen to me, I'd gonna do that. So I was able to just jump into that, which made it. Very, that was very like fun. you were asking him if he took your jacket, or what? well, no, he came up to me and was you know getting ready to yell at me. He said, "What do you think you're doing, man?" That's when I said, "You stole my jacket," and just kept on that, and so he never really got a chance to. <laughs> To yell at me, so because immediately he's now on the defensive, and he's like, "What the hell?" <laughs> I think yeah. I remember that. All right, Holy Mountain, Lesser Ritual, Hoppy Pills. Beer has a light haze to it; just it's a little cloudy. Has a really nice. Shaving darker cream. than I would expect from a from a typical pilsner. Shaving cream style head. Uh, it's also got little like little floaty bits in it. Yeah, there's a few mm, floaty bits. <clears throat> the aroma is kind of um, biscuity malt. There's probably there's a little bit of hop on the nose too, but it's not like blast your face off IPA type aroma. That's nice. It's nice and crisp. It's got a good amount of hop without going overboard. It's ends a little dry, a little bitter, but that's good. I like it. Yeah, that that, that has yeah, it has a lot of the earmarks of a pills, right? It's very crisp. The body is kind of on the light side. Big malt flavor, even though the body is light, the malt flavor is significant. Mm-hmm. It has a good sharp bitterness up front. From the first sip, I haven't taken my second sip yet. I was confused at the end of the sip. There was like this herbal thing I was getting. Well, I do call it a hoppy pilsner, right? And they're, they're accentuating the hops here. They're, they're um, not trying to play one side of the bohemian uh, slash... I would, I would definitely think with the kind of more character in this one i would definitely put it in the bohemian bohemian category where i would expect to eat like a less of the less of what does beer have like bavarian is the, the hops are more crisp the beer is less like less rounded this one has a little more roundness to uh-huh. it so that makes me think of something more like pilsner raquel yeah i guess but i'm just i'm I'm thinking this is sort of outside the line of both of those, and this is more in the line sure. of um, taking the pilsner and, and accentuating the hops in it in a way much, you know, in a much stronger way mm-hmm. than than is. So you know, American hoppy pilsner is really what I would call this, and it, it fits in there. It's a it's an other pilsner. It's it's mm-hmm. not a not one of the two prime. But it works. The one neat thing about this hoppy pills versus a lot of American hoppy pills is this one has really good ties back to its heritage. And it's not just a hopped lager that's mm-hmm. mostly like an IPA. This isn't really like an IPA. Yeah, this has the nice that two-row barley crispness to it that kind of gets like a... Uh, slightly undercooked French bread thing mm-hmm. going, uh, but but boldness with that flavor, so it does come up to match the hoppiness. This is good. Mm-hmm. This is pretty good. 
Maybe like some mountain Seattle area. I'm gonna have to check out Holy Mountain. Uh, I think that's where I went with John. Um, Probably. And it was a good place. It was fun. I may. I'm thinking about going back to Seattle in in uh, May, just for like a couple of days because I loved it so much. Mm-hmm. Used to be to have a couple of days of just futzing around the area. Cool. Pretty neat if we could coordinate a uh, trip out there. <laughs> I mean, half that time it was going to be is probably set by Shane in New York, mm-hmm. and then but I think of going to New okay. York and then to Seattle and then back. Okay. Or the other way around, depending on what Shane's schedule is. So yeah, see, think about that last week in May. All right. I mean, I can't, I can't artificially fake a business trip, but we'll no, see. I'm not excited. Yeah. I'm saying, <laughs> yeah. yeah, if I can, I'm saying, if declare the, yes. a vacation. It's easier for me because I have my yeah, only vacation. Right. Yes, I have a family that doesn't like me burning all my vacation time. <laughs> Without them. One of those poor life decisions, I guess. Yeah. You and your kids. And all the <laughs> unconditional love you get from them. <laughs> Speaking of um, unconditional love. I was going to say poor life decisions, but um, you will get our unconditional love if when you're shopping online—that's not really un- how unconditional works. That's a condition. <laughs> There's just, a condition just... for our unconditional love, but, oh, but okay. you know, it's it's all it's all relative. Uh... <laughs> as long as every time you buy something on Amazon, uh-huh. you start your shopping session at craftbeerradio.com/amazon. Uh-huh. Then we will unconditionally love you right, until so, the next time that you don't do that. Right. So, that, so, so there is a condition, but then it's unconditional after that. So you can do whatever you want after that. Uh, and, and <laughs> you sure you want to commit to that? That's a big of commitment. Of course, I don't want to commit to that, but uh, for the bit, I will. And <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, craftbeerradio.com/slash/amazon. Buy uh, your shit that way and some of that money will come to us 6% and then gets cut down to 3 at the end of the year uh, because of taxes so spend more money yeah, so you have to buy double just to pay the tax man so do that craftyradio.com slash amazon okay so let's try this uh, speaking of going to Seattle area let's do this Black Raven so this is one of the beers I picked up when I went to Black Ribbon Brewing. They're in Redmond. I think they're still in Redmond. They're near Redmond, if not in Redmond. This beer is the only bottled beer. There be whales here. Is this a whale? I don't know if it's a whale. Mm, okay. The wax threw him. He thought it was a whale because it was waxed. It's the only bottled beer we have tonight. It had really thick wax. And I'm trying to cut it with like an X-Acto knife because that's what I had nearby. And it wasn't coming off. And there was like this piece of wax sticking out the side. And I finally realized, oh, that's a pool tab. There's, there's tape <laughs> under there. So that made it really easy after that. So, yeah, this is the only bottle of the night. But this is uh, Um My French is awful, of course. But, I mean, it's for the birds. For the birds, black, black raven, raven for the birds. 
Whoa, this is Black a, Raven. Bam, balam. Whoa, Black Raven. <laughs> this is a half a mil or a half a liter uh, bottle of beer. It's a saison, six point eight percent. Pretty hefty saison. And uh, color. Oh, it's a saison with Brett. I mean, as soon as you smell, you'll know. I remember that because I had this beer on drafts when I was out there. And uh, yeah, soon I forgot about it because it's been a while. It's been it's been a while. But uh, <laughs> smelling it, man, it's it's Brett, right? I'm getting kind of a little yeah, it's bit. Yeah, of... been a while. all right complete non sequitur crack ups on cbr okay the aroma you get is kind of that tangy washed rind cheese type Mm. aroma Mm -hmm. smells a little bit like um, white wine barrel or something like that you know where you're getting some like chardonnay type flavors a little bit of vinousness Aged in French pretty. oak and white wine barrels. I didn't read that. Yeah. It smells real good. There's a little fruitiness on it too, right? There's. What is that like a grape? Oh yeah, I mean I'm really dialed into the barrel part yeah. of it, so I'm getting this vinousness, this grape stem. Uh, oakiness, a little Chardonnay like. Yeah. Has a tartness to it, you know, like a Brett sour tart to it. Kind of, kind of chalky and limestoney. Has a little bit more. Um, it's pretty forward for a saison, right? It it doesn't. It, it doesn't let you revel so much in the Brett dusty flavors as much as it's really pushing forward a kind of deep vinous stuff yeah, with the, the Brett in the, the oaks, background. The oaks in there. Mm-hmm. In the aftertaste, I got the best fruit. I got kind of like a blackberry or something like that. Mm. Yeah, I can see that. Yes, I agree. I, I, I You know, the first sip, it was definitely on the aggressive side, the kind of the sour um, mm-hmm. funkiness up front. You know, a couple of sips will probably get a little more acclimated to it, but I definitely am digging this so far. It's it's really nice. It has, it doesn't, like I said, it doesn't level, it doesn't, like, its area of fun is not in that dusty mm-hmm. uh, area, but it's, that, that those qualities are there, but they're lesser, they're not really as asserted as much as the... The vinousness and the slight, and the fruitiness is really, you know, asserted up front yeah. and pushed forward. There's this, there's this, um... There's this sharp spike of oakiness right in the middle. It's probably a little too oaky. I think if it was dialed back just a little bit, I think it would be an overall better experience. Um, I don't know. I think this... You like that part? I, I like it because I like how, how dry it ends. And that okay. dryness is contributing to that, that after, like like you said, blackberryness flavor that's coming out. Um, th- those fruits are coming from the dryness. And I think the oakiness is helping those things occur. Here, look at that top tweet. Ah. Physics girl liked Ellie. Nice. Ellie's levitator. Awesome. Physics girl. She's like, she's awesome. Yeah, she's in Dubai right now doing uh, a little talk. Like, uh, I watched it this morning on Facebook, but she's probably flying back from Dubai looking at her tweets. Oh, I like Ellie's levitator. 
she got Ellie. Ellie's starting to blow up. She got picked up in a couple uh, kid maker things today, and oh. uh, and then one of the guys retweeted Allie, and that's how Pussy Squirrel saw her. But well, that means you're gonna have to start putting more effort into videos because she's gonna get more popular. <laughs> that means you're gonna she's yeah. gonna get more subscribers. And see, I haven't really. This is all post show stuff. I haven't really tried to get her out there yet. We only have nine videos, sure. right? You know. So once we have 25, 30 videos, uh-huh. then I'm going to try to get her out there. She's also learning on, on the yeah. on the job, as it were. Yep. Anyway, back to the beer. Jorge uh, Uso. I don't even, I'm not sure exactly how to pronounce that. <laughs> that seems on from Black Raven. For the birds. For the birds. It's from the Corabrew. Corabrew. Beau, Corbeau collection. Corbeau. Poorly Diceau. I bet you it's Diceau. It's an e. O. It's oh, an o. oh, it's an O? It's not yeah. a D? Holy crow. Okay. Oh, because it's ornithology. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh. Oh, see. Oh, we. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> Stuff, birds. I like this. I like this a lot. Mm-hmm. You, you, you threw it back there. Yeah, no, this is really good. This was um, like I I tend to like a a, a dry, uh, interesting saison with lots of stuff going on, but this is a, a different take that I also really enjoy. Uh, the bottle for... is is probably lot. It's a lot more expressive than what I had on draft, mm. where the Coco Jones that we had was the opposite. Coco Jones, I was telling you a story. It tasted like a chocolate truffle. It tasted like a Mounds Bar. And then we had the can, and it was a fine beer, but it wasn't exciting. Right. And, and this one's kind of flip-flop on that. I wonder if the conditioning of the bottle made any difference. I think that's it. I mean, you have a more expressive beer. This one is probably bottle conditioned or something. It's probably living in there, getting mm-hmm. getting its life going. And uh... All right, so we can end on the brown ale or we can end on the IPA. It's up to you. What's the ABV on this brown ale? Um, brown. Brown. <laughs> like it it's six. Six percent. So Probably not... should do this next. Yeah, though. okay. Uh, it's from Hill Farmstead. They, uh, they're sort of like, uh, what's the brewery they make? like Adam and Fred. <sighs> so we don't get much Hill Farmstead. Most of the beers are just first names. Yeah. So there's Alice. Right. So this one is called George. Right. But but like Adam and Fred were those are hair of the dog. Hair of the dog. Right. Yeah. No. Um, I haven't had enough Hill Farmstead in my life, and I don't see them around enough to mm-hmm. to really remember what this you know common first name means. So uh, George was our grandfather's brother. And Hill Farm said, Brewery rests upon the land that was once home to him and his 13 siblings. America. Once was a land of lots and lots and lots of little white people. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, before that, it was it was a land to a bunch of Native Americans. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I don't want to sell anybody short because there were a lot of people brought in. Anyway, <laughs> before I go into crazy areas, 
It's American Brown Ale hopped with Centennial Cascade and Columbus. 6% alcohol by volume. Um, no IBU, but they do give me 15.5 degrees Play-Doh. So for all of you who care about Play-Doh. Wow, this beer has like a 45-day life on it. Yeah, th- this is this is quick, right? It's canned February 12th. Drink by March 26th. We're, we're in that we're in a, that area. I know for a porter though, forty five days. It's a it's a brown ale, not even oh, a porter. Brown ale, that's right. Yeah. All right. They so. want the, they want you to drink this beer fresh, as fresh as possible. That's mm-hmm. clear. The it is dark for a brown ale. It you hold up the light, you can see that it's brown, but when it's sitting on the table in front of you. It looks like a porter. That's kind of what confused me. There's a little bit of brownness to it. I believe a listener sent this in to us. Let me, uh, unless you didn't buy this, did you? I don't, did you? I don't know. Hill Farmstead is, um, where are they? They're in northern Vermont. This was probably one of the Vermont beers that was sent in to us. Yeah, Kyle. Kyle. Thank you, Kyle. It's kind of a porterish astringency note on the aroma. Ooh, I like that aroma. I'm not getting so much astringent. I'm getting like a rich, roasty. malty. It's not really roasty. It's, okay. it's more like toasty, toffee. Let me smell yours. Tell mine. I'm looking as much of the deep, rich toffiness as, yeah. as you have here. We'll do the blendy blend. <laughs> there it is. Bottle strat or can stratification strikes again. I need to invent a machine that that's, will eliminate the bottle stratification. That's more roasty. Yeah. So when, when mm-hmm. you did the blendy blend, technical term. Right. It's, oh, so I would, I would, splitting hairs, I would say this one is actually more toffee toasty than roasty. Has more of a, a caramelized toastiness to it. I, I look, it's it's kind of six and one half dozen the other. I think you can go both ways. Flavor, ooh, that that middle taste. It gets kind of sweet and kind of bready on you. That's a good brown ale. Mm-hmm. That's probably the best brown yeah, ale. It's, it's a it's a deep and covered complex brown ale. So probably the it, best it, brown ale I've ever had. It, it there's a lot to like here. Um, let's see if we can. So ex- let's explain yeah. wow, why it's a really good brown. Ale. Good. So it has. So you were mentioning. Maybe before we did the blendy blend, some astringency on the mm-hmm. nose. So I'm getting zero astringency on the flavor. This beer is velvety, luscious, round. It has no sharp edges to it. I disagree with that. Oh, okay. But I, th- I like the sharp edges, but I disagree that it doesn't have sharp edges. Okay. And then... It's pretty hoppy. It has a lot of hops into it, which is leading to sort of a bitter end. Uh, it does not end... Uh, uh, dry it ends uh, very wet with, a, with with some bitterness starts out with kind of an initial sweet uh, 
hit, a little bit of toffee. Goes into a more ready, very toasty, um, like like hilt, like like a like a hill of, of toastiness. Starts to go bitter at that point, and that's where there's sort of a little astringency, a little roastiness that that comes in, uh, and kind of dances around with the hops that are then playing at that point, kind of an orangey, slightly pithy orange hop. I'm not noticing the hops as much as you are. I mean, they're there. I think they have a good balance to it. But I'm not noticing them as being forward at any part through the floor. Well, I'm not saying that, well, you know, they're not forward. They're, oh, okay. they're well, backward. The way, you, the way you were describing them, they, they sounded more forward to me. Uh, the bitterness is forward for sure. I mean, it, at the end. At the yeah, end at the very the, end. Mm-hmm. There's definitely more bitterness than you think. But then I just took a swallow. So, you know, swallow you know, extra moisture in my mouth and the maltiness came back. You know, I just, I love it. So I love it. Sort of a, a big quick sip, right? That's what you're saying when you say swa- a swallow. Well, well, it was, I was talking. I mean, of course you swallow. I mean, no, I was actually saying kind of in the late aftertaste, a re-swallow of just the juices flowing in your mouth brought back this delicious maltiness. This beer sticks with you. I love this beer. It's um I I it wasn't too long ago. I was thinking like I haven't had a remarkable I mean a remarkable a beer worth remarking about brown ale in a long time. And this is not just worth remarking. It is I think this is outstanding. I love this beer. Well, keep in mind they had to go to 6% to do it. Okay. Right, but you're not going to find many brown ales in that in that range that are not considered like imperial. You're not going to find many brown ales in that range because no one's making them. Right, that's true. Sure. Who makes a brown ale? You got Brooklyn. You got Newcastle. You got Schwartz doing a crappy one. You got. <laughs> Who else? No, they're they're out there. I mean, there are five thousand breweries. Of course, they're out there. The question is... All those brewers are making hazy IPAs. They're not making brown ales. <laughs> You're not paying attention to their lineup. You're just only drinking the hazy IPAs because you love them. I do love them. I had one today Me for dinner. Uh, this is delicious. Yeah, this, this beer is, this is delicious. This is pretty good. This is this is a, a good brown ale that has a lot of uh, distinct... It's a brown ale with a 45-day life. It's yeah. insanity to me that they package it that way, but I can't argue with the results. This is George from Hill Farmstead. Thank you, Kyle. This beer is the. It's wonderful. It's delicious. Jeff is Jeff is oh. going nuts for this beer. I am. Jeff is so hard right now. It's it's. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Po-show, Greg. Po-show. George. Hill Farmstead. So, I think I told the story, right? I might. This is the brewery that's right near the guy I know who has the Sugar Shack apartment in Vermont. Which we might be going to up. We'll see how our summer vacation plans, but we might be heading up there uh, sometime this summer. All right, well, let's go to back to Philly for the final beer of the night. 
It is from Volt Brewing Company. This is their Five Seas IPA, which are hopped with Cascade, Centennial, Chinook, Columbus, and Citra. That's a lot of C. It's a lot of it's five of them, in fact. Um, well, actually, technically six is Cascade is two C's, and then. <laughs> Six point four percent alcohol by volume, six point eight I, IBU. Uh, oh, this is a, uh, this is kind of hazy, looking, not like hazy, but hazy. I, you know, it's like this is kind of like a yeast haze, yeah, yeast type haze thing, as opposed, as opposed to, to, you know, whatever, whatever they, whatever we're, we're it's not a new it's not a northeast IPA. In terms of style, it doesn't appear to be that way. At least, is dark. It's you know yeah, bronzish, has... copperish almost. Uh, it's and and with those hop that hop uh, that those hops are not traditional for Northeast. Okay, Iberia. this was kindled on the thirtieth day of January, and it says, "Drink fresh, drink now." Well, Just so happens we are drinking it now. And it's pretty fresh, right? That's a month and a half. Yeah. I made sure to find, you know, that's one of the things I do mm-hmm. all the time when I'm looking at these things is I am, I am very careful about going to the to the shop and getting stuff. That How is, do you like the metal sheen on that uh, label? It's a pressure sensitive label, you know, sticker uh-huh. on the can, but it has, you know, like green and orange and yellow and silver metal shine. It catches shine the eye. It. Definitely, and and, it's a cool and label. the design is 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 pretty cool too because it's it's off. There's like there's there's five layers of bunch of C's, but they're all sort of offset from each other, so it definitely catches the eye. It's a good design. All right, so on the aroma, you're getting hops, but what are you getting in the hop aroma? So I'm getting Cascade, Centennial, Chinook, Columbus, and a little <laughs> bit of Citra. <laughs> kind of like, um, oh, kind of, I guess pineapple. I'm thinking like you take a whole, pi- like a fresh pineapple, not canned or anything. Take a fresh pineapple, slice into it, and kind of like the pineapple towards the center. Okay. Like towards the core. Towards gets- the core. Yeah. That's what I'm smelling. A little bit of that kind of rind, pineapple rind there too, right? A little bit of the mm-hmm. greenishness from the rind. Yeah. So a little bit of the outside too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah like the, the outside kind of where the petals used to be. Mm-hmm. There's a touch. I think maybe it's a citra. There's a touch. A super light on the aroma. Super light touch of like onionith in there that's kind of blended in. It's not all by itself. It's kind of just kind of harmonizing with the other ones. Pretty firmly this one in kind of phase two RNG. Um, tangerine. Mm-hmm. But well done. I, I think well integrated. There's... The bitterness is is there, but it's not like shocking on the tongue like it was. This is for the uh, masthead. It was a little kind of it felt a little kind of overboard and and uh, sticky. Uh, this doesn't feel as sticky. This this but the malt is not as 
as uh, sweet. Yeah. So I, I like the. This one isn't as bitter, as pithy as the Masthead. I think this one, while it's a similar IPA, I think this one has a more expressive hop character to it. Yeah, this is more hoppy, and the Masthead was more kind of playing both both sides. Mm-hmm. Um, this is really kind of directly about the hops, and the malt is there just to, just to give it a platform. It, it, as I'm tasting it, I'm still like orbiting pineapple, but taking different tangents out to orange out to uh, i don't know um maybe passion fruit there's something that's vaguely tropical in there but i can't really nail it down there's um in the late aftertaste i get you know sometimes citra can go a little bit yeah, oniony, yeah. and I'm, I'm getting a little bit onion in the late taste onion or chives or something like that green onion a little sulfury basically But good. This 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 is a. Re- I like the mouthfeel on this one. It gives you kind of a prickle up front. It gets a little malty in the middle. This is reminding me of sort of my memory of Two Hearted. Right. This is kind of the. It's a it's a nice, drinkable, hoppy IPA that doesn't. It doesn't go over. That doesn't you know shock you in any way. But it's mm-hmm. really well. It's playing well. With with all its flavors, all its flavors playing well, but the hops are forward. Mm-hmm. That's Vault Five C's. Five C's. All right, Jeff. Time to do the ranking. It is time to rank. All right, so you win. <laughs> You're in second. You're third. Fourth. Fifth, sixth. Okay. So from the bottom. Uh, forgotten Boardwalk. The What the Butler Saw. The wit beer that had the rye thing going on. And yeah. It was interesting, but it kind of felt out of place. Yes. You know, there's a reason people don't make rye wheat, wheat beers because, you know, they're not as at home as a wheat wit beer. And we don't know what they put in this. We don't know why we got such a strong rye character when they don't disclose using rye. But, you know, it's what we tasted. I'm going to put the masthead in fifth place. This was the one where if you took a quick pull on it, it, it was got sweeter and it had a pretty good taste to it. But when you were in analysis mode, it got a little overly bitter, a little pithy, uh-huh. a little grapefruity. And um, it's there mostly because the four beers ahead of it were all pretty good beers. I'm put the Vault to five C's. This one we're drinking now in fourth place. I think this one's well put together. There's no real flaws to it. It is, like Greg said, a phase two, you know, the kind of uh, Citra, Simcoe, Amarillo style IPA. It definitely leans more orange and citrusy than Dank, but it feels like that kind of generation of IPA. And, you know, just where I'm at right now in my evolution of tasting things, it's hard for me to go gaga over... Uh, a phase two IPA. I mean, and they're out there, right? You can mm-hmm. find one where it's like, oh, this is like 
an archetype for the for the the era but uh you know this one's just a good beer and you know compared to what modern delicious ipas are it's not quite there i'm gonna put the lesser ritual from holy mountain in third place um i think you know what i was most excited about this beer was that it was an american made pilsner hoppy pilsner that still felt like a classic pilsner with extra hops it didn't taste like a lagered ip an ipl or something like that because uh, you know, I still haven't come across an IPL that I've been really on turned on with, and I was happy that this one was like really stuck to its Pilsner pedigree. I'm gonna put the the Black Raven in second place, the For the Birds. Uh, this guy had some great complexity to it. I th- felt that the oakiness was probably a little too much to win out the night. Um, but I was really happy with this beer. And then George, the brown ale. I'm not, I, I, I don't think, I had to stop and ask myself, am I elevating this one too high because it's a good brown ale? And I don't think I am. I think this beer is awesome. Even, you know, and not not because no one makes a good brown ale anymore. It's just an awesome beer all around. All right. So my beers are similar for the bottom three. Same for the bottom three, but a little bit different for the top three. Uh, in last place, I'm going to put the Forgotten Boardwalk, like Jeff said. You know, once we got the sort of rye and or orange oil bergamot thing, maybe. Uh, we got a better understanding of what was going on, and, and we could appreciate it, but it still was not like, you know, it wasn't, wasn't, the great, wasn't as great a wit as even something like Rue Garden, which is like, Top top notch. Yeah, well, I don't expect many American-made yeah. whip beers to be as good as Sugard. Probably the only one I expect is Celis White to be that good. <laughs> uh, in fifth place, the Masthead, which was fine, but you know, just fine. Uh, and and Jeff Jeff kind of gave you all the thoughts that you need about it. I think uh, in fourth place, the this one we're drinking right now, the Five C's, which is a f- a really nice drinkable beer, a thing that I would be happy to put in my fridge and, and, and keep around, but not uh, like exceptional. So, Jeff, these three yes, are are in a different order in, in my mind. What do you think the order is? What do I think the order is? Hmm. See, I w- I'm surprised you weren't more uh, favorable, favorable of the brown ale. I just... You know, brown ale was one of your fledgling styles. Yes, and not that I've moved on. Not well. Not, well I was going to say not that that means anything in particular, but I still would have thought you had, yeah, you know, would have had a a preference or a soft spot for brown ales. So that kind of surprises me. Remember that I'm not exactly a very sentimental person. Yes, I think you'll put the. I think you're putting the lesser lesser ritual in first place. I. Th- Thinking you're probably putting the Black Raven in third place. Nope. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, there's only a couple combinations left, isn't there? <laughs> you should have shown me a goat and asked me if I wanted to switch. <laughs> in third place, the Hill Farmstead. Um, okay. Which I I liked. I didn't like love it as much as you did. Um, I, I I enjoyed it, but it was. 
uh, it was more challenging than the typical brown ale. It wasn't like what I was expecting out of a brown ale, and that may have like played with my perceptions a bit. Also, it just it it was I don't know. It it didn't it didn't feel as comforting as a brown ale should to me. Like when you when you taste imperial stout, you're like you want the comforting ones, right? Like mm-hmm. I want a comforting brown ale when I taste a good brown ale. I want to I want to have some quality malt stuff like that, but I don't want it to be all over the place. This was freaking all over the place and okay. uh, and good, but yeah, I mean, not what I was expecting, and not really what I when I drink a brown ale, it's, it's just not what I what I'm looking for. Uh, but it was it was good enough to get third place against some you know some some decent beers, so it's not like it was bad at all. Uh, in second place, I'm putting the Holy Mountain, which I thought was a really excellent pilsner. Uh, really well done, even though it's you know it, it's a, it's a, the American style. It's not the 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 Bohemian or the sure mm-hmm. uh, or the you know typical uh, Bavarian style. But in first place, uh, the Black Raven. I I did not expect a, a saison that jumps out at me to really. To give me this kind of like, mm, yeah, that's awesome. But the Black Raven did it. That was really good. I I loved the way it worked. The Brett, as a minor role, still being uh, a good sort of accompaniment. Okay. Is is, is there more of the? Oh, it has to actually log in now. <laughs> yes, because I have to figure out how to cancel screensaver. On my computer, and I can't log in. This is awful. You got any music over there? <laughs> no, I don't have anything prepared. Mm-hmm. Uh, th- I do have this. <laughs> we don't need music this time. I think that price is right. I just lost the deal or the showcase showdown <laughs> bidding. I went over by a dollar. And uh, thank you, everyone, for listening to Craft Beer Radio. Really do appreciate it. Hope you enjoyed the show. If you want to contact us, you can send us the tweets at Craft Beer Radio or at Jeff Bear or at CBR Greg. Thanks everybody for the yos, by the way. Yes, the yos are, are you know, it took a while to get you guys up to speed and listening and sending in the yos, yos but now they're yeah. rolling in. Yeah, keep, keep the yos up, man. Keep yoing. Yo, yo, yo. Yo, yo, yo. Flame of flame. Eventually we'll switch to a McConaughey. Where... <laughs> all right, all right, all right. <laughs> Points for the first person who sends an all right, all right, all right. Uh, <laughs> Points. Craft Beer Radio released under the Creative Commons license. You can visit craftbeerradio.com for more information. And we will talk at you again very soon. Oh, thanks, guys. <laughs> you guys are the best. <laughs>